Welcome to HRpreneur. I'm Jim Duffy. From Main Street to your street, the HRpreneur podcast is centered around helping small businesses like yours gain the insights you need from HR, payroll, and hiring to time, taxes, benefits, and insurance. Today, we're talking about independent contractors, addressing misconceptions related to these workers, and answering some of the top questions that can help small business operators. We're joined by Bridget Quinn Kirshner, who is head of client experience for WorkMarket, an ADP company. Bridget, it is great to have you back on our show again. Thanks, Jim. Very excited to be back. Excellent. So, Bridget, um, let's start here. We're here to talk about independent contractors, so let's dive right in. When thinking about how small businesses engage with their independent contractors or your independent workforce in general, how involved do owners and operators get? How involved should they be? Thanks, Jim. That's a great question to open with and really sets the stage for our conversation. The answer is they should be as involved as possible when engaging with their independent contractors. If they're not, or maybe leave it to other folks within the business, that can cause a lack of organizational oversight, posing some potential increased risks. Also, given the changes and requirements on worker classification and other regulations governing independent contractors these days. For example, if an individual may engage an independent contractor on a long-term basis or have a scope of work that isn't much different from a W-2 employee, both of those can be factors that have implications depending on the state and local laws. So Bridget, uh, if a small business owner was concerned about classifying their workers correctly, what should they do? A business owner should make sure that they are meeting applicable federal and state tests so they can establish that their workers are properly classified. For example, the Internal Revenue Service uses a common law test for federal tax purposes. Under this test, organizations uh, must take into account relationship, behavioral, and other financial considerations in order to classify workers as independent contractors. A written agreement alone won't be sufficient here. And also, HR professionals are likely more aware of these varying requirements between states, but we know that not every small business has an HR professional on staff. So it's really critical to ensure that you evaluate these workers' classifications properly and seek out outside HR support along with legal guidance. This will help put guardrails and policies into place to help mitigate compliance risk when engaging with independent contractors. So these are really helpful insights, Bridget, but I'd like to ask, you know, when you take all that into consideration from a small business owner perspective, does it make sense just not to work with independent contractors? Actually, the opposite again is the case here, Jim. As predicted by the Freelancers Union, more than 50% of U.S. workers will be freelancing by 2027. And yet independent contractors are often overlooked. The dynamics of recent events from the pandemic to the rapidly changing labor market mean that quitting a full-time job or supplementing full-time jobs in order to enter the independent contract workforce is much more appealing proposition today than it was compared to a few years ago. When vetted properly, using independent contractors can help your organization be more agile and deliver on a client's needs much more quickly. So if the independent contractor workforce is growing and based on what you're saying, seemingly will only continue to grow into the near future. What is to be said about having a policy specific to these workers? Is that something a a small business owner should invest time to develop? Oh yes, most definitely, Jim. Without a formal contractor policy in place, 
one of the key risks that you can face is being unaware of the obligations that you have to the contractor, to the organization, and then the relevant tax and regulatory bodies. You know, some business operators should work with an HR professional and legal consultant to put together policies and guardrails to help guide the processes in engaging with the independent contractors. Once this is done, it needs to be supported by processes and technology that ensures these policies are really being enforced. Utilizing the right technology platform can give you the visibility needed to help ensure that both compliances at the onboarding stage as well as during the workers engagement with the business and even more importantly this will allow the business owner to get back to growing the business speaking of technology i would think i can just use my payroll system to manage these contractors is that correct jim it's critical to recognize that the technology that you use for managing an independent contractor workforce can be different from the technology used for a w-2 workforce these very much are different types of workers Trying to use your existing W-2 payroll or HR system to manage your contractors may lead to inefficiencies, a poor contractor experience, and even some compliance risk. So some systems can help with both, but you wanna make sure that the technology that you use to support the needs of your W-2 workforce, to pay your employees on a regular cadence, as well as the needs of your independent contractors. Often these independent contractors need to be paid on an on-demand basis or as projects are completed. Or there might be a time where you find a need that you may have a separate system just for your independent contractors. Understood, and I can see that difference now, Bridget. I appreciate you clarifying that. But what about the key benefits it provides? As a small business owner, can I not just piece together something to work for me when I need it? To answer your question, yes. Um, You could use multiple different types of systems to help onboard, manage assignments, and pay your contractors, but that would end up costing you additional time, money, and resources to do this. Likely, you will need to pay for multiple software solutions, which comes at a cost, especially if you want to integrate them. And you'll need to have someone dedicated their valuable time to managing this whole setup instead of just focusing on helping the business win. This is why a dedicated technology platform for managing contractors can really be key here. And it provides four benefits to the organization level. So let's start with number one, mitigating risk. Ensuring contractors meet your business requirements by setting up automated guardrails during your onboarding. Automated workflows can verify the tax ID, submit 1099 NAC forms to the IRS on an organization's behalf. Number two, Easy audit trail, all required documentation. That could be your NDAs, your certifications, licenses, insurances. All of these can be in one system as well as invoices for your projects. Um, Your annual 1099 NEC forms can all be stored in one centralized accessible repository. Number three, increase visibility. Spend, usage, and engagement of your whole independent contractor workforce are easily trackable across the entire organization with real-time reporting. And number four, retain your independent contractor workforce. This is last but not least. Provide a positive experience for your contractors with self-onboarding, fast and flexible payment options, and then a mobile app which they can use to communicate with you very easily. Excellent. These are four great points, uh, Bridget. They definitely help to uh, lay out the key benefits here. So now one last item I wanted to discuss is the growing need for D, E, and I within organizations. This is a key focus area for small business operators and HR professionals alike. 
But how do contractors support this initiative? Can they even do so? Jim, I'm so happy you brought this up to close out our conversation. For those that are involved in their DE&I strategy and their company, the W-2 workforce is an obvious place to start. Diversity across your permanent workforce is, of course, a critical part of any DE&I strategy, but it's not the only way to meet your DE&I goals. Contractors can offer a broad spectrum of diversity along with their expertise. So think about caregivers who only can dedicate a certain number of hours per week. Veterans who may require flexibility in working conditions, retirees who are seeking ad hoc projects, and so on and so on. All these candidates can bring unique skills and expertise that you may not be able to find in your W-2 workforce today. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate having you on the show. Uh, so I took some notes during your comments, and I just want to recap a couple of things. And, and Bridget, please feel free to keep me honest here. First, if you use independent contractors, small business owners should be as involved as possible to help ensure organizational oversight is in place. Another item I took note of was that uh, it's critical to ensure you properly evaluate and follow federal and state worker classification tests. The third item is uh, work with an HR professional and legal counsel to put together policies and guardrails to help guide the process when engaging with independent contractors. And the last item I took note of was to ensure you have the right tools and platforms in place and the technology you need for managing an independent contractor workforce. Presented by ADP, HRpreneur focuses on the entrepreneurs and business drivers who are shaping the growth of their companies and positively impacting the lives of their employees. With each episode, we'll bring the experts to you, answer your questions, and help you think beyond today so you can discover more success tomorrow. As always, thanks for listening to HRpreneur. Be well, and we hope you'll join us again soon.